0: You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. This podcast is brought to you by Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Hannah Hammerson on the show. Hannah is the founder of Dream Life is Real Life, a former academic advisor and yoga teacher from a small town in Wisconsin, USA. Hannah now educates and inspires others through her business coaching, contribution to Forbes, her digital nomading lifestyle, and efforts to improve the education system with her Dream Life Academy curriculum. Living a dream life is a dream. When we think of the word success, we think of many things. But the one thing that I know for a fact we all think about is that when we say the words to ourselves, when I am successful, a large majority of the people will answer, I'm going to travel to dot dot dot, enter the location, wherever it is that you want to go to. To Hannah, living a dream life means living a life by her own means. That includes travel and living a lifestyle she is happy with. It's always nice to hear someone else's dream and finding out how they are doing it. The sections of this interview that were the most powerful in my eyes was when we talked about Hannah living a former life she hated and what she would do in order to never live that lifestyle again. The second part would be the various excuses we all make within ourselves. Hannah grew up in a small town, travels the world, yet still finds time to get herself out there to network online and obtain clients. Let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the blind entrepreneur community, Head over to Penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's Penji.co, P-E-N-J-I.co, and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Anna, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: It's great to have you. I'm excited to talk about this topic today, which is your dream life. So my first real question today, and we have to lay the foundation, why are you a qualified expert to talk about making your dream life your real life?
1: Look, I was born and raised in a small town in Wisconsin. And if you have seen that 70s show set in a town very similar to when I grew up, Or if you have uh, Netflix binged on making a murderer, you are, you kind of know the coordinate points that I was nestled right in between. We had one stoplight and more bars than opportunities or things to do (laughs) growing up. And so I just stayed on the straight and narrow, you know, did what I was told, did well in school didn't do drugs, went to college, blah, blah, blah. Okay, definitely far from Such a t-
0: boring life you live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, for about 20 years, it was very status quo.
0: <laughs>
1: and I remember uh, sitting, my parents have like a pool in their backyard and my mom is a, works in the school district. And so we would have summers by the pool and oh my God, we just lived for the summer. And I remember my mom saying, um, you know, This is just living the dream, and there was one time when I was kind of, you know, starting to think about leaving this small town that I was thinking, like, really, is this living the dream? Like, just living for the summer or living for the weekend and sitting around by the pool. I just, it never was my dream, but I didn't know anything different, really. We didn't travel. I didn't step outside of the box in any way. Until I found myself at 24 working for the state in my claustrophobic cubicle and just got way too uncomfortable knowing I can't just work this nine to five life for 30 more years. So I started experimenting a lot and I really tried to shake up the status quo. I became a yoga teacher and I started a network marketing business and I started running marathons and um, actually even got arrested and got wrapped up in an eating disorder and actually got let go from a job. And I was just all out of sorts. And so for better or worse, I decided I'm packing up five bags and I'm moving to San Francisco and I'm going to figure out what my dreams are and do my best to make them happen. I was connected with some entrepreneurial friends in the Bay Area, and so I did have a little bit of insight about like, okay, they get to work from coffee shops, they teach yoga, (laughs) they have this lifestyle that I don't totally understand, but I know I never will if I don't just get out. So I moved to San Francisco over two years ago, and there I was quickly um, exposed to the entrepreneurial lifestyle, and I started working with a lot of mentors and coaches, and I first started working with other folks that were just, for lack of a better phrase, kind of a mess like me, like no sense of what their purpose is having some sort of insecurity, maybe it manifested like an eating disorder for them and doing just pretty general life coaching. Um, and I saw lots of my clients there, you know, figure out what their dreams are and start their own businesses or get a promotion or, uh, feel better in their skin. Okay. Like lots of dreams were realized. Um, but the biggest thing I found in my coaching and that was that first year or so was that people can dream a lot bigger if they have more money. (laughs) So it's not about like, you know, getting rich for the sake of getting rich, but, more financial flexibility does give us a lot more options and creativity and a willingness to fail. Maybe you found this too, that like earning a bit more money just really does change the way that you can think about your dreams or taking chances. So over the last year and a half, I've really focused in on helping people build business models that they can enjoy and they can scale um based around you know their talents and their dreams so i am a business coach today but it's all because i want to see more people figure out their dreams and start living them
0: why is that important to you seeing people want to succeed seeing people other people want to succeed um i feel like that's such a rare thing nowadays to want to see other people succeed
1: Mm. So I think, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. My background and the job I was working was an academic advisor. So I really did have an interest in education and seeing people learn and develop and set their four year (laughs) academic plan. Um, But even in that setting, it was still like, guys, I don't know if you really wanna be a mechanical engineer, (laughs) Um, but you know, these are the options I literally set down on the table. And like I mentioned, I became a yoga teacher and I just started seeing that, like this sort of scaffolding of people or, um, you know, for in the educational world, like just giving people something to work towards, um, is rewarding to me. And I think that part of it is just my upbringing is like, there is still motivation and seeing like traditional success, like, set a goal, achieve it, set another goal, achieve it. And, um, I really do operate under the mentality that the more you help other people get what they want and learn and grow, the more that is reciprocated in your own life. And so the more people I help realize their dreams the more dreams that I'm finding fulfilled, not just financially, but the opportunities that I have and the places I get to go, um, it's not just about me and my own dreams, but
0: yeah. um, No, absolutely. I I think it's a very mature approach. Um, And and it it takes a certain person to to believe that because a lot of people are incredibly selfish. A lot of people are, um, they, they want everything for themselves. So given your background, given your, your story, you mentioned something in particular that, that I find striking, which is, the passion side of it, that you felt that as if that you needed more. Mm. There also has to be a level of execution. Do you feel like there are too many dreamers out there that are trying to make their dream life, their real life, Mm. but just aren't able to execute in order to do it? And I say that because just understanding you, we've talked before this conversation um, and then me doing research, you're not a person that is just advocating or saying a, aloud that you want this this particular lifestyle you've actually went ahead and you've done it and you've been successful at doing it and that takes a certain level of person so i'd love to hear a little bit more about the execution side to your your mantra
1: Yeah. I cringed when you said the word people who are trying to make their dream life, their real life, because I do think there are way too many people who sit around the pool and say, ah, wouldn't it be nice if I won the lottery or someday I'll write my book. Um, and that trying is not doing. And so I've actually done my best to eliminate that word. Just like Yoda says, there is no try. (laughs) It's either you do or you don't do something. And you're right, I've made decisions and the word decision is important to me. I learned at a, or someone at a conference made an, a statement that just like suicide or homicide decide is to kill off all other options. So when I decided to move to San Francisco and figure out what I was meant to be doing with my life, <laughs> there was no other option. I wasn't going to move back. I wasn't going to look for a J-O-B. I wasn't going to, you know, give up because I knew how painful it was to be in the alternative of the status quo or the um, quote unquote comfort zone, which was not comfortable. And so I have surrounded myself with people who are making big decisions and there isn't just like well again like maybe this maybe that it's like either you're committed to your greatness or you're gonna live a different life and we won't have as much to talk about um and I've like I said surrounding myself with people who have that same mentality and it's like you know get knocked down 100 times get up 101 I'm not doing this to be glamorous I'm just doing this because I feel like it's needed and I know like I said the alternative is just not okay for me
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know for a fact that there are hundreds and thousands of people who I'm sure wish that they were you because you're, I mean, you just moved or not moved, but you just came back to the United States for the first time in how long? (laughs)
1: Mm, Well, I've been, I've had little weekends here and there, but I've been traveling full time for almost a year now.
0: And that's huge, you know, and you've probably experienced, you probably earned your MBA in one year than most people would have to earn their MBA in two, three, four, whatever it is that it takes in order to get an MBA. Um, So let's talk, go a little bit deeper into the execution piece, because a lot of people want your lifestyle. I'm sure a lot of people are envious, but they don't necessarily have the systems in place in order to do it. Now, I know, I believe you have a, a business partner. Is that correct?
1: Well, I have a team, my, a team. yeah. And I have a okay. fiance who like works on it, but uh, let's be real. I, I'm the boss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> boss babe, hashtag hot boss babe. Absolutely love it. Um, but let's dive into the execution piece because you are living this life and it needs, you need to be organized. I mean, let's face it. You need to be organized in order to do this. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you do in order to um, get your clients in order to get clients because you not, may not be able to meet them um, as if that you were to go to a networking event, say in like right. Philadelphia. Um, you're not able to uh, sit down with them in order to do a strategy call because you're subject to the internet. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you're able to facilitate your day-to-day and organize your life in order to have this beautiful blend of work-life balance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's what's working for me right now. You know, I think there are a lot of ways to run your business and be a digital nomad or, um, even just be a coach, but you're absolutely right. I've decided that I wanted to be able to travel the world and live by the beach and be super flexible. And I really, um, I wasn't into this idea for a long time, but I'm starting to feel like for the lifestyle I want, it's a pay-to-play game, meaning organic networking and running a Facebook group and just creating content organically, it didn't work for me for long, again, because I don't want to be on my computer all day, every day, you know, chasing down the right hashtag and... (laughs) proofreading my copywriting so it talks to you know a hundred more people whatever so uh the power of advertisement has been really big for me but as we know advertisement or running ads is not the same game that it used to be right even as kids watching tv or getting emails like it's just such a different game now so it comes down to creating a couple pieces of needed content. Not the content that is like sexy or you know the most about, but like what do your people need? What are they searching Google for? What are they asking people to finally uncover for them? And then create a Way to reach those new people, right? So, for me, I created some trainings about uh, daily habits of entrepreneurs because everybody wants the blueprint of, like, okay, well, what's the step by step? How do I get a best selling book? How do I monetize my blog? But no one's talking about the like day to day mindset and how do you schedule your time and how do you manage a team? And so, I really broke down like the basics and the daily habits entrepreneurs needed. I put a couple bucks behind it every day in Facebook, and literally while I sleep, dream life, (laughs) people are getting to see me in an automated way. They get to know my perspective. They learn some of my strategies, and then there's an opportunity to um, connect with me and work with me, and for so long, I thought that that was unnecessary or I don't know. I just have like gross feelings about paid advertisement. Um, But I'm reaching the people who are looking for me and that feels really good and it's automated. So if you're not running Facebook ads or social media ads, um, give them a shot.
0: (laughs) Do it, do it now, (laughs) do it now Mm -hmm. or else. Um, I I think I want to expand on something that you said. And I, I think I'm sensing a theme here where most people, um, most business coaches or most people in general, they want to be able to kind of use this mentality of spray and pray where mm. they put as much content out there as possible. And it's not necessarily directed towards anyone because they're desperate for clients mm-hmm. where I feel as if that you in particular aren't necessarily, you know, your target audience, you know the types of people that you're looking for. And if you could just get eight or if you could just get six or that one really good client, obviously more is always going to be better. But if, you, if you're if you focused on that one particular person, you're able to get more out of that person. Is Would you say that's somewhat accurate to your approach?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I haven't heard actually spray and pray before, but I know if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. And I know it's counterintuitive, especially when you're just starting out, but like it's absolutely mind-blowing when you give yourself that big enough audience and you use Facebook to reach enough people, how the exact person you're imagining or someone with similar, like eerily similar experiences to you, they they come to you. And it's not just law of attraction. Okay, I do totally teach that. And I think it's important to use energy. But also if you're talking so specifically and you're giving people just a very nuanced piece of information, you're not going to get the, the random people who you don't want to work with, who you don't connect with, who don't have something in common with you because it's just not going to resonate. And that's totally fine because it's not you personally sending crap to a million people. It's, it's an algorithm that works.
0: Yeah. And I also noticed within just, again, doing the proper research um, about your lifestyle, you use Facebook live. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it, I would say quite a bit, but you use it as a tool. Um, how has Facebook Live in particular helped you uh, build your brand and even get customers?
1: Yeah. So I um, am an introvert, yet I love and crave connection. So when I first started my Facebook group, this was because I was Lonely in San Francisco thinking there's gotta be a way to make friends. Everybody's working in the tech world and sitting at their desk at Google all day. I actually didn't even have a Facebook account. But when I moved out there, I was like, look, I need to stay connected with people. So I get on Facebook, start my account. I start seeing these group opportunities and I'm like, I could, I'll start a group. Okay. So literally my Facebook group started because I missed friends and I wanted to like attract friends in San Francisco. And so I would just start like, um, you know, sharing stuff that was happening or thoughts I was having or questions about life, you know, just very, no strategy whatsoever, And it grew and it worked. And as I started leaning more into this marketing and business development niche, I realized like, oh, this is a funnel. (laughs) This is a strategy. And so I started um, networking inside of my Facebook group. And I would interview people that I met at an event or that I used to work with in Wisconsin if they had a new project. And I would literally just catch up with people live on Facebook. And it was like I was multiplying the networking powers because then dozens of other people got to learn and connect with this person in the same moment I was. And so I wish it was, you know, this really strategic thing, but it was very natural. And now I use um, Facebook Live just to get information out more quickly. So I've actually moved my interviews into the podcast format as well um, because just my engagement and my desire to be on video changed in my Facebook group. But now I use Facebook Live to just get information out quickly. Because as you're hearing, I don't like, I'm not a copywriter. I don't like sitting around writing a bunch of content and then hoping it lands somewhere. So when I have something quick, I just like to get on and talk. And Mm. we know that other people, I know my audience appreciates that too. They don't want to read a novel, but they'll watch a five minute video about an update or about a lesson. So there's lots of ways to use it. And my strategy <laughs> has evolved over the last couple of years, which I think is an important note to make with whatever platform you use. Like don't think it's just going to work one way forever and get locked in that.
0: I think what's really important is that you understand your strength. And mm. I mean, honestly, I'm sure you've gone through because you, you, you kind of hinted at, uh, not hinted, you, you said about your disorder, your eating disorder. You've uh-huh. mentioned about other weaknesses that you, that you may have once <laughs> had. Um, and I feel as if that you've compartmentalized that and had serious conversations with yourself about that. Um, and then you then allowed yourself the ability to acknowledge your strength Was that an easy process for you to be able to admit where you're going wrong and having that conversation where you need to kind of, you need to change?
1: Oh, no, it definitely hasn't been easy, Um, but it is simple, right? Like when I was um, in kind of the darkest part if you will i went to therapy because it was it's not just about food when you have an eating disorder it's not just about exercise it's not just about your body it's like a lot of other you know challenges i was having as far as control and wanting 100%. to be understood and fit in and all this stuff and i was sitting in my therapist chair and i had been going for a couple of months and i was just like really over it it wasn't working i just wasn't hearing wendy that was my therapist's name like really wendy this like overweight old lady is going to try to tell me how to like fix myself I just wasn't having it <laughs> and so here I am and she's you know does Hannah you just have to slow down just accept yourself as you are it's like Wendy stop why is everyone trying to slow me down like I found my thing I'm good at this this is my thing like why is everyone trying to stunt my go-getter nest like I'm a go-getter she looked at me like so unimpressed. She was like, Hannah, do you really want people to look at you or remember you for counting calories and running marathons?
0: Hmm. Like, is
1: that what you're trying to prove to people? Hmm.
0: Whoa,
1: that like literally knocked me off my socks. It was like, dang, I'm focusing on the completely wrong things. I think people perceive me one way, but I'm being perceived in a completely different way and I'm wholly unaware And so that moment, um, really broke down that, like that need to be, or it awoke that self-awareness for me. Mm -hmm. And since then I, I think of Wendy clearly, I mean, five years later, I'm still talking about that conversation Mm -hmm. and I, you know, ask myself, is this how I want to be? Is this the thing I want to put out there? And I don't want to be perfect or, higher than thou or oh look at how great my life is right like I want to be that person that is relatable and real and I do showcase you know vulnerabilities in my business or in my community um, because that's what I appreciate in other people Hmm. so it's that like is this how I want to (laughs) be How is
0: yeah I I think it's hard to do that I think it's extremely hard to be able to be that vulnerable especially to an audience um, that a world of the internet that could judge you right was it hard for you to kind of just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, who cares? Who cares what people think? I, I, I just, I would love to hear that, like that, yeah. that day, you know, <laughs> where you just didn't care anymore. And you're like, this is the new version of me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I think, well, I know what moving to San Francisco and literally leaving everything behind and just kind of starting this new life. I literally thought in my head on my flight to San Francisco, I was like, mm, how should I introduce myself? Mm. Like, I felt like gone girl. Like I was just like this new, like I could be Hannah Corinne, or I could just be mm. Han, like so ridiculous, but I really felt like so liberated and like, okay, fresh start. And as much as I felt that way, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) And so the same things happened, you know, the same sort of insecurities or tendencies. And so I've learned that it's just about like getting up in the morning, facing that fear and just plowing through it. So there was a distinct moment when I decided to kind of tell my community, I went live in my Facebook group about, you know, the challenges I had had with an eating disorder and, of course that was a day I got like so much response and so much more connection from people. But I also thought to myself like, okay, if this is crap, I can delete it. Like people will forget about it. If I mess up, like I'm in just the comfort of my apartment and I don't have to see anyone face to face. So, you know, as much as it is about just like being bold and being vulnerable, it's just about getting better at facing those fears. And I think that there's an equal amount of success and fear so, when we see these really, you know, these entrepreneurs who are like super successful and they put themselves out there and they have a huge following, like there's an equal amount of failure and resistance and who am I? Like imposter syndrome, it just changes at each level of success. But we need to become better at recognizing okay, this is just fear. This is just. A thought but I know that putting myself out there and the past experiences I've had have taught me that there is a reward if I'm vulnerable if I'm real if I move through this fear so there's a lot of um just that mind that mindset of like okay that's fine I can be afraid or I can think that I'm going to start new but I know that it's just another experience and I'll survive on the other side
0: yeah that's I mean that's that's huge um and And something else that I kind of wanna I have a couple more questions just because um a lot of thing when you're talking a lot of things are coming up the, into my head and so the first thing in in that has uh sparked is to the people and I guess if you could answer this question as if you're talking to somebody to the people who are where you once were, you know that mindset back in your wait, was it uh was it Wisconsin or was it San Francisco when you're at your low your lowest point? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So when you were in Wisconsin and you're at your lowest point, what would you say to people, to individuals who were in that rut, who were in that negative space to kind of make their dream life their real life?
1: Mm. Well, I, I sort of mentioned it there was this focus on the wrong things. And so if you are so focused on your own dreams and your own weight and your own BS, you're totally missing it and you're going to stay low. It's all about you and you think the world is looking at you with a microscope and people really care what you're doing for yourself, you're going to stay low. (laughs) But as soon as you can shift and start thinking about How can I help other people? How can I turn my focus on um, serving others or making an impact that's bigger than just me and my day-to-day success or feel good? Because it's scientific. You know, there's, there's studies about like just smiling to people or even better, giving one gift every single day or writing what you're grateful about in the world. Like, it's scientific that when you shift your focus off of yourself and your own problems or wants or desires that you start to find more opportunity because you're not the only one that can create opportunity. So as much as you need to love yourself, you need to remember it is not about you and you need to get over yourself and get into the world. Even if you're an introvert, in some way, you need to find a way to connect with other people and, um, get out of that rut.
0: Perfect segue. Now, again, we're going to continue talking to people because I think it's so powerful with what you're saying. To the people who live in a much larger city <laughs> than you once did, how come, let me, let me phrase this, to the people who live in a much larger city than you have, what is the excuse that they're making for not being able to network and create an audience and to create a community than what you've been able to do in given the amount of resources or lack of that you once had um, and that you now have now that you created your community.
1: You don't have a system. So I gave you one system, you know, Facebook ads work. Okay, fine. But you also need to have daily habits and your own personal success system or your habit system. So what I did when I was living in a big town or a small town is I implement the rule of five. So every day have a list of five things or people or outreaches that you're going to make. So one of my clients, um, she wrote a book on Amazon and she wanted it to sell a certain amount of number, a certain amount. And she wanted to use it as like a way to get speaking gigs. So we said, all right, five people a day need to buy your book. And Amazon's going to do some of that, but you specifically need to get five people every day to buy your book. So she just had a list and a check mark, and it wasn't like it. In t- that rule of five, doing five things, no matter if you feel like it or not, because feeling is what slows us down, what makes us stutter, what makes us hesitate. Well, I don't feel like it. Like maybe they'll think this, or I feel like they'll be better on Saturday than Monday. Like that's what slows us down is the feeling. (laughs) And when it comes to execution and being consistent, it's about just getting those five check marks a day. And okay, fine. You get four today, then you better get six tomorrow. And having that sort of tracking system has been really powerful for me because I am an introvert. It's cold in Wisconsin. I like wine and hummus at five o'clock. Like I don't want to be like riding the bus, dollies, networking events but as soon as i'm there i get my five <laughs> and then i can go back you know and like continue the conversation from the comfort of my home or however i want to um but people aren't going to come knocking on your door unless they're jehovah's witnesses and if you don't want to be a jehovah's witness then don't just sit around waiting for that. Mm-hmm.
0: i love that i love the rule of uh get your five time type, type of uh, moment um i think that's huge and I'd love to be able to explore that even further. Um, however, I'm sure that's also a part of your training and what it is that you teach. And when I was doing my research, I found something in particular, and we can kind of close it out with, with this. Um Of all the amazing things that you're doing, this positivity, this digital nomad lifestyle, this aspect of helping people, I'm sure you still get this question. And you did get this question on one of your Instagram posts, which is, what do you do? And I feel like that is such a hard thing. It's kind of like an insulting thing to ask somebody. Like, yeah, yeah, I see all these things, but like, what do you do? So my question for you would be the same insulting question that you were asked. If somebody were to come up to you and say, well, what do you do? What would your answer be?
1: Yeah. I help mission driven entrepreneurs build businesses that can monetize the lifestyle that they want because So I'll be more direct, but you know, monetizing the lifestyle that you want, because there's so much of this like 10K, six figures, blah, blah, blah. But I believe if you can afford to wake up every day and enjoy your life, then you're crushing it, right? (laughs) So um, it's not like I'm gonna scale you to six figures or hit your first million dollar. It's like, what is the revenue that's gonna give you the lifestyle that you want? And then um, specifically building that business model and then sharing it with people, marketing in ways that feels good so that you have clients or revenue lining up and we're not doing that chasing or that salesy stuff. So it really is the, um, the foundation of your first small business or your first um, successful entrepreneurial endeavor.
0: Absolutely love that. Hannah, thank you so much for your time. Uh, We'd love to hear a little bit more about how people can find you, how people can uh, become a potential customer of yours or even subscribe to your podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, All of that is on my website, dreamlifeisreallife.com, and even if you just type that into the search bar, you're sending like good energy into the world and uh, training your brain that your dream life is your real life, so I highly encourage, type it in, find the podcast there, Um, but if you go to the Connect page, you have the opportunity to apply for a free business audit with me so there's a little bit of pre-work that goes into that, but it's really helpful for you to really take a minute to fill that out and look at what systems you have, what systems you don't have. And then I take that and um, either get back to you with a phone call, kind of audit or some other resources. So um, definitely check out dreamlifeisraelife.com slash connect.
0: And all the links will be in the show notes for people to check out themselves if they so choose Hannah, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you being on the show. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Hannah Hemerson. I hope that after listening to this podcast, you're able to think about how you yourself can make your own definition of your dream life. Okay, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge. This week, I'd like you to take a look at your current to-do list. Look at it deeply and think to yourself, is there anything on this list that if I don't do it today, my business will be fine? Focus on the things that truly matter and the things that move boulders, not pebbles. And when you do, tweet me at J or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment on this week's episode. You can find more about Hannah at dreamlifeisreallife.com. She has an amazing Facebook group that you can be a part of. Uh, and you could just search for dream life is real life or use the the forward slash facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennials living the dream. Finally, you could follow her on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash dream life underscore real life or just search for the username dream life underscore real life. All that is going to be in the show notes. So you don't have to write anything down. You just go ahead and click and follow where you see fit. As for us here, you can check out Penji at penji.co if you need a simple, easy, and affordable graphic design solution for your business. And head over to our podcast website, which is tbeshow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to us if you were to share this podcast with a friend or share it all over the interwebs if you can. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.